Hey everybody, welcome back to Food News and Chews Radio. How is everybody doing today? Doing, doing so good. Sylvia, how you doing? doing good. Well, I've been Whoa. bored today because I've been in Kentucky Law Review getting CLE hours. That's why I did a, a little segment I'm going to talk to you all about okay. on interviewing people. That's what I did to stay awake. You know, yeah, they. I guess there's some of that in my industry, like some sure. continuing education stuff with the American Culinary Foundation. I don't know if like what any chefs out there are listening, and uh, does anybody really do that? I, I've found that some organizations, I mean, it, what does it bring to the table? What about health and safety well, things for the corner? Is that is that like do you have to re up your like safety certifications yeah, you might have to take and health tests or something? Correct. So there is um, constantly you have to do um, you know recertifications for your food handler safely and manager mm-hmm. certificates but like continuing education i've always thought that would be awesome and i just never see anything. well in law i think where you really learn is on the job training and this is just the rules for the appellate courts and the supreme court and you know just if you're a day-to-day practicing lawyer you're paying attention because there's differences but you're getting emails all the time too and you have to acquire 12 hours a year I know it's not food related, but I have a question about law. I have a friend who went to law school and he graduated and he goes, when do you guys teach us how to, you know, go to court? And, and they go, we don't. don't. You well, don't learn that a, here. You learn that. There's a lot more of that being done. And yeah. we, have, we have law students in the legal help center. So they get practical experience, too. And there's a clinic program at this law school. So it's starting That's to happen a little bit. Because, yeah, it used to be just theory. Yeah. Everybody thought they were going to go out and do constitutional law. Well, what you do is not that. Probably. You know, no. Uh, uh, All right. Often. You're a problem solver, but. <laughs> we are going to talk about farmer's markets. Norma's in here because she's the farmer's market guru. Sweet. I know they're. they're yeah. And, you know, and they're, they're still going, even though it's October, as long as the weather's nice. Even if it's yeah. not. I've seen those. I've seen the farmers out there. and yeah, There's a lot going on in, in all year round yeah. that we don't know about. So Norma's going to give us a little report, a little brief report on that. And Norma, yeah, great to see you, gal. Good to see yeah, you. Yeah. Been a, been a few weeks off, but hey, happy to be back. So yeah, this is a great time of year for the farmer's markets. There's all of the fall vegetables. There's pumpkins and squash galore. Um there are apples, there are apple orchards, corn mazes, honey. We've got all kinds of wonderful things. Um, so I'm, I'll post on, on Facebook the links to locations, but even scattered across Kentucky. You want to take a great weekend trip, go do some apple picking, you know, get yourself something fun. Um, the other interesting thing, there's so many different types of like squash and pumpkins that, than there used to be. Have you noticed this? Okay. I got one yesterday <laughs> I'd never seen before. They're like, this is a new one. I'm like, they make new ones? <laughs> like, it was called a, a butter candy. Yes. It's butter a new candy? one to me. Yes. Look this so, up. so what happens uh, in the wintertime? Do they actually set up <clears throat> places where people can go? I mean, like mm-hmm. in December, yeah. is there any such thing as a Rose farmer's market? Yeah, it works a couple of different ways. Um, there are a couple of markets. I'm not aware of one in Louisville that actually have a brick and mortar in the winter. However, they have pop-ups in like Chevy Chase Farmer's Market, for example. There are farmers that are doing the meats and the cheeses and the eggs and that. They'll come at intervals uh, during, the, during the winter in, in that same parking lot, and you can order and pick up. Um, a lot of people are doing Thanksgiving turkeys, so and, and if you don't have your order in already for a good, 
it's getting late for that. But. What about in Lexington? Do, what's going on besides the Chevy Chase? Is the Lexington's former, the granddaddy one, the one at Cheapside, is it still going on somewhere? Granddaddy's still going, and they are, um, will have a location, and if I can find out, I'll post that for the winter months. Uh, but, of course, now the two big ones that they have are Sunday, and uh, Sunday, which is more the buyers, and Saturday, which is more the social, and that's going to run through October. Now, is that new? Is that a relatively new phenomenon? Are, are farmers markets, have they always been and we just didn't know about it? Or is that because people have found them to be so good and popular? Right. Oh, no. It's, I think COVID was the real – when people realized they could go to the farmer's market and they didn't have to go inside, that was a big plus. And then all of a sudden they started looking and they could see that, oh, the farmer's market has eggs for $6 a dozen. Well, so does the store. Mm-hmm. So, hey, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. And and so they people really started jumping on. And now I think they've, they realize they can get all kinds okay. of – of things at the market they, they you know okay is there a central place where people can go is uh, kentucky proud doing anything kentucky. to announce or kentucky so that, proud, that people would know yeah. kentucky proud has a huge um huge uh listing on their website mm-hmm. of all over the state of, of the farmers markets and even I'll, in the winter time yeah yeah okay. they'll have they'll have what's going on in the winter and um i'll post the Links to the Lexington and uh, Farmer's Market, so and they'll okay. have that on their website. Besides food, does it get to be more craft-oriented in the wintertime? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, they still have the crafts in the winter. Of course, they have the crafts all year long. And starting in the fall now, they really start pushing it because gifts for Christmas, you know, and so forth. So, yeah. So, uh, but the, 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 the carvings, the, uh, the craft honeys, there's lots of baked breads, dressings, sauces, particularly now people will start having apple butters. So, then, yeah. so yeah. the discussion on winter farmers markets, and I, I haven't seen this across the nation, I haven't seen it in Lexington, but you know, we talked about, all right, you've got a harvest season, there's a bunch of canning, pickling, preserving. Mm-hmm. No, there's plenty of chow chows and barbecue sauces and pickles. Mm-hmm. A lot of hot sauces, right. a lot of people doing hot it, sauces year round. What would you guys think? Is there a demand out there? It, what what if what if farmers producers actually canned, preserved green beans, tomatoes, vegetables? Would that and, be something sold them. Yes. you know and had them in ball yes. jars? Ooh. You know where it's all Biz and up. sold them for the winter, right? And you made money on them, but maybe have a CSA style where you're kind of doing a deposit on the jars, canned, you know, and that way canned. you don't really I would love get a discount. <gasps> yeah, we invented something. We invented something. It seems like it doesn't have to stop farmers market and some of these producers i know they could throw an extra field out there and harvest that at the last and get it you know would it be csa's that do that would it be the local what do you call the center where you can do cooking like Uh um Mm -hmm. what are they called Uh, extension center is that where it would be done but i've always like thought i always liked to go you know my mimi or my my in-law my mm-hmm. grandma cans and pickle we get a whole larder for the let winter. me ask you because i've never had home canned like let's say green beans for instance oh they're oh, bad so we I eat, had them we eat green up. beans yeah. out of a can yeah, yeah, you yeah, buy yeah. the del monte the bird's eye yeah. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. and they're fine yeah are they that much better yes uh, oh, really yeah, times yeah, better. Yeah. canned <laughs> grapes my grandmother would do canned grapes really? and we'd have grape juice yeah i don't know if she grew them or if they oh, were wild i think there are wild grapes in yeah. eastern kentucky cool. I mean, I know it's been thought of. There's no way that these guys that run farmers markets haven't gone 
like thought about that, but I don't know what it takes to get it done. I just want to know would would you buy it? Because yeah. I think I would. I mean, I think I we would, live in I, a I region where well, that's prominent, well, and you're used when, to it. Why don't we turn that? Why don't we turn that over to our gigantic corporate? backing that we have and have them come up with an idea and come to us okay? yeah okay all right no, we're we're gonna, gonna, by the way speaking I'll, of, I'll go investigate with the farmers and <laughs> report back there you go. speaking right. of new things i i all right so thank I, you norma you had, this, you had me searching for squash and evidently it's, can, it's candy nut <coughs> well so there are honey nut I, I just read an article called meet the new squash in town there's evidently, yeah, new strains of squash. The kogi nut squash. Evidently What's a kogi nut? So it looks like a pumpkin that's been glazed under like a, like a, you know, like a frosty, <laughs> what a crispy Can I see a picture? Machine. Yeah. It looks like, it looks like a pumpkin. Oh, that, like, that's a, like a hybrid autumn yeah. or a, like a, have you seen a black futsu? Oh, well, yeah. I'm it looking looks at like that, but it's like ugly. The North Georgia candy roaster. That's a long one. Isn't yeah, it? that's a long one. <sighs> but there are so many, and mo a lot of these are hybrids that are yeah. just now becoming okay. a thing. I got. There are hundred hundred different varieties of squash. Yeah, do you not know that? All right. Hey, I know Norma has to leave, but I just want one more thing out of you, oh, okay? Yeah, sure. Where's the candy? <laughs> okay. What's hot? Uh, what's hot? What's hot? Okay. Lots. Oh, so it's getting. You know, if you noticed, we're getting more ghoulish. The decorations are getting more ghoulish. All that kind of thing. So, what does it have to do with candy? I well, what it has to do with candy is, you know, now you've got, you know, skull gummy bears. You've got. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, we're, just like plain old candy we're doing chocolate molded kind of skulls and things like that. And you know, so it's it. So we're picking up on a lot of that that sort of thing for for the season. We'll have you know the traditional apples coated in caramel and so on. And and the ever popular candy, candy corn. corn. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks, Norma. <laughs> I love that candy corn so from uh, squash. From I could go on and on. I mean, it's which so ones do you like? Oh. What's your favorite squash? You know, I think I'm, I, I, I don't think I've been exposed to much squash other than the the, uh, the summer squash, like the you know uh, crookneck and, and zucchini and those bat patty mm -hmm. pan. But when it comes to winter squash, I was acorn and butternut. It's pretty much all I've ever. Out of the two, which one do you like? And uh, butternut. I think but it's easier to work with. All right, so Acorn's kind of a pain in the butt to work with. That's the decision decider for me, too. You have a, like a butternut squash or an elongated roaster mm -hmm. squash. You know, the, the long section mm -hmm. is all 100% yield. It's right. meat. You know, if you have the bulbous squash, is half the, I mean, the inside is seeds. Uh, seeds, yeah. So you like get a, a little bit of flesh around that, mm -hmm. that seed pod, so to speak. But the, the longer so ones, you get that. What, like just good meat. What I found is that you actually asked a farmer this because some, uh, like when you're looking at um, at uh, butternut squash, they're long and they have the bulbous end at the bottom. Some have, like you said, a big bulbous and some don't. There's males and females. What? And they're different shapes. One's the, I, I believe the male is the one that's thinner and the, the female is the one with all the seeds. I wouldn't tell her that. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good point. But, so you can go, I want male squash. I want female squash. Oh, interesting. Yeah, right? Ah, all right. I mean, what have, I guess you got to keep them separated. I guess so. Because otherwise you have a lot of patty. Produce. When the fridge patty light goes out, I, you know. Yeah, a little baby squash. We got just a couple right. minutes and I, I, we got a lot of things to discuss on today's show. Yeah. But you... Did something where you interviewed some Yes, people. I stood in the middle of Broadway, and I stopped cars and asked them what they wanted to hear on radio. Yes, no. For a dollar? I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm joking. Of course, I was sitting in a Kentucky law update, soaking up hours for my CLE requirements. But I did ask people. I said, what would you like to hear about on the radio? And there's nothing earth-shattering about this, but um, soup besides chili. 
You remember mm. we were on Jack Patty one morning and he talked about vegetable soup? Oh, yeah. And his granny's recipe that he couldn't, you know. And so let me go through them, and maybe in the next segment we can talk more about them. Yeah. Uh, quick, very few ingredient mm-hmm. things. Yes. But quick. Yes. Everybody's time starved. Um, things that make me think and laugh at the same time, like a discussion of spam or foods that were popular in the 30s and 40s that we used to eat a lot of and yeah. don't now. Yeah. Um, and all of that. And how have cookbooks changed? From the early days of Betty Crocker, have they really changed that much, or do we just, or or what? What's the world of cookbooks? How's it changed? Wow. Anyway, there They're you go. Way more. I'll, I'll tell you, and I, I like that because I, I collect cookbooks. I know you do. You have a big cookbook collection. Mm-hmm. Cookbooks are way more visual now. They didn't. They used to just be recipes and methods, and honestly, and kind of annoyingly so, a lot of cookbooks are much more narrative based and picture based, and there's not as many recipes. Per, you know. If you're really? looking at a 100-page book, you picture 100 yeah. recipes, a lot of books now are, are not – there's there's a lot of stories about the recipe. and. Uh, Do you like that? No. No. You want to get right to I it. I want the recipes. I don't want to yeah. know. I, I, I appreciate now, that. So you, I can see hey. where, like, older cookbooks didn't have a lot of pictures because of printing costs. But, yeah. I, I mean, I think – I mean, what I see is you've got two different types of authors. You've got cooks and you've mm-hmm. got chefs. And chefs produce these really fine, detailed dishes and stuff like that. Whereas a lot of cookbooks that are done by cooks are like, here's a meaty, cheesy yeah. casserole your family will love. And the next yeah. page is like, here's a cheesy, meaty casserole. That's you know, what like I like. It's the same ingredients, okay. same methods. Oh, chef. What do you like? Um, well, I mean, I love those like um, coffee table cookbooks with lots pictures. of photography and very yeah. interesting recipes. The oh. stuff that nobody, a normal person is not going to even attempt to make at yeah. home, but they'll, they'll buy yeah. the cookbook. Now, let me ask a question because you don't like the picture book right. kind of thing, concept. There is a movement going on. You knew there would have to be a new one, right, that you don't follow recipes. It's called improvisational cooking. That's just cooking. That's just that's, well, that's what but you should do. The apostrophe at the um, yeah, bringing yeah. people it's together to do improv cooking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I love are that. you an improv that's, cook? Absolutely. I think everybody. But who you said has you a like family, recipes. Yeah. If you have a family, no, I like cookbooks. I, what I like is I like old like 1930s church cookbooks. I like yeah. old church cook. Those are the best. Or the county fair. County kind. fair. Yeah, the old junior league. Uh, yeah. Where somebody contributes. Where Mary put in her biscuit recipe. I There's love There's some treasures in there. I know. But, but how much There's improv some... do people put into, because you know, I mean, do, do people really follow? Real, realistically, I think that the first time an amateur cook at home that wants to make <laughs> something, I think they follow the recipe to a T. Right. I think the second time around, if they like they it. They start playing they know what it tastes like they can do their own thing with it and you know you're kind of going on memory and you're just not as i don't know detailed about it also i think i honestly think more people just kind of cobble together throw together what they have working with what because if you're a parent and you got kids and it's you're busy by you know thursday at five o'clock you're not running to the grocery store if you don't have anything we're cooking Mm -hmm. what's in the house so I think yeah. a lot of that is improvisational. It's also, if you've ever been poor, you've improvisationally cooked. <laughs> You're cooking well, with what you got. Well, that's what our ancestors did. I mean, they yeah. didn't follow. My grandmother didn't have recipes. I like she methods. She didn't have books. I like methods, not recipes. So a method is like, I can teach you how to make a tomato sauce. 
But you can use switch up ingredients and make 17,000 different tomato sauces with this same method. Right. So I, I think like that's that. what like a culinary school like Sullivan does for you is right. you learn the techniques and the right. methods and, and then, then you, you're free. You can you, be you, right, creative. Right. And you learn the techniques and method by following recipes sure, and sure, techniques sure, sure. and methods. That's but a yeah. way to learn. It's but, like the science. Right. And then, then you can improv. Right. But then once you know how to roast and anything, then you can just skip that whole section. Right. Of the and right. particularly baking like pastries and stuff, there is a lot of science there. Oh, yeah. And if you now, screw that's, it up. You don't improv with baking. I don't improv with baking. I mess up baking all the time. You know why? Why? I always forget the salt. Oh, I know. Oh, <laughs> Can There's I, always like a quarter teaspoon <laughs> of right? salt you, in we it. we got to take a quick break, but can I tell you a salt story about baking? Yeah. Next? I'll tell you all kinds. All right, hang on. Okay. Back in a moment. It's Food News salt and Chews Radio. And we're back. It's Food News and Chews Radio. All right, quick salt story. Yeah, I so, want to hear salt stories. And I like happy accidents <laughs> in the kitchen. I, I, I screwed up, and I realized I did something better than before. So, same thing. You are... Uh, uh, chef was talking about how he always forgets the salt when he's yeah, baking, yeah, yeah. Oh, and it's it's, a, it's an easy thing to do. Or I or I'll forget well, it after I've already mixed in the wet. Well, so that's what okay. So so what's your salt? Story? I was making bread. I like to bake bread, bake yep. bread all the time. Yeah, yeah. And one day, same thing. Forgot I was kneading. Oh, I already salt. had it in the mixer. Everything was done, and I or, and I forgot the salt. And I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna throw it in. It's <laughs> the the bread's already. So I threw it in, and it you know it was still kneading, and it baked up actually great it baked up really nice and how did it, it taste it was actually higher it was perfect it was the really? best bread I ever made so i was like this is weird I, I i screwed up but somehow it's better and i looked into it and it turns out in france <sighs> when they bake bread they don't add the salt when they add the water because the theory is that the salt kills the yeast so they don't add the salt oh, they science. actually do everything and then add the salt last after but the you didn't add it, it at all I did. I just added it oh, after. Oh, was you my accident? Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. I learned that that's actually the better way to so, do it. So it's a well, science. I learned to make bread from German master pastry chef. So I don't know. I've, so I've so it's so, so chef. It, there's so much science in baking, yes, right? Exactly. Like salt killing yeast, and you know, I mean, they they fight with each other. There's ingredients that because because I think baking. And like chocolate chip cookies, for instance, yeah. I've asked you before, you know, how do I make chewy ones? How do I make crunchy ones? And I've been craving a chocolate chip cookie and no, nowhere are they very good. I kind of end up liking mine. Yeah. Right. You know? so, you and know, they're very plainly done. But, you, but that's what you're looking for, right? Yeah. And they're kind of crunchy. And I don't know. Good. I think the, the term like what we describe as cookies out there has gotten pretty muddied. You know, like there's big cakey cookies that mm-hmm. I wouldn't consider a cookie. They're more of a scone. It's almost you know, like a muffin like, top. And then there's like thin crispy cookies that, you know, mm-hmm. I, I call like a lace kind of feel a to cookie, it. Yeah. Where you melt your butter instead yeah. of. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of what I'm down to, Sylvia, too. I, I think the best cookies are mine. Like the ones that I like. Yeah. That doesn't mean they're and better I'm than anybody else's. It means I like them the best. Mine are a little oily, and they're cooked probably too long for most people. But See, I, I like, like them. a little underbaked. A little you salt. like them underbaked. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you like the chewy ones. Well, I've been... Yeah. Anyway, I try not no, to No, it's do a it. very personal... No, it is a very personal thing. It's like religion. It's very personal how you like your cookies. Because yeah. I'm with you. I don't... I, if if you I give me like one. a... I do. Guys... I t- well, well, why don't you follow my recipe and cook me some? Because I don't want to have a bunch of cookies around the house because I'll eat them all. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> it's amazing, though, how uh, one thing, just changing the state of the butter will change your cookie. You Melted mean, butter, melted? room temperature butter versus cold butter. The chemistry and? and the ingredients and everything about baking, I'm telling you right now, there's a conspiracy in every single ingredient in the baking pantry is out to ruin your day. I mean, I'm telling you. It's, yeah. They're just... Uh, 
like just my gosh i'm seriously ah, they're just okay. uh, you have to you have to nail it and that's and that's that's at a restaurant level i mean at home you can mess up but you can't really mess up anything baked in a restaurant because for every, it's just so cheap you can go to the store and get a nice loaf of bread for 250 you're just not gonna accept yeah. any kind of you know subpar thing in a restaurant that's, that's right that's right and also that's you right. can't have a, a dry cake you can't have a you know yeah you have to be the perfect cookie so, if you yeah. mess up like a batch of cookies, you've messed up a lot of cookies. You have. If they're not up. good, you got a lot of bad cookies. You got a lot yeah. of cookies and cream ice cream you're making. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We don't throw uh, anything away. Okay, chef, you Was have some things. You're going to mm-hmm. talk about our a new menu uh-huh. and uh, about some other kind of exciting things that. Yeah. In, in your usual wonderful way of describing food. I well, I'm going to do my it. best here. We, you know, we're a Azul restaurant and patio. But it's almost the end of patio season. Mm-hmm. But that it does is. not mean yeah. we stop, guys. Because Azor, if you know us, we have the covered patio. And we have those beautiful tent sides that we put down. And we heat up the patio to give you kind of a garden, you know, all fresco feel even in the winter. Right? It is wonderful. So we're going to be turning that room into a private dining room, which has oh. actually got a lot of reception I think a lot of people, um, there's only a few places in town that can you can have a group of, say, 20 to 40 That's and right. have a private room. I know you've served. always wanted to do that. Yeah, so I think we, we um, well, over the pandemic, we, we were able to get a heating system for that tent that, that works. So we're going to just kind of have that well, room booked year-round. Well, let me ask you, I was going to ask you that. Yeah. So like on the coldest day in January, yeah. can I book that room? You can. And the heat system will work? It will. It's wow. fantastic. So you're you're still in a covered kind of tent atrium feel. Like if you go out well, to, yeah. um, I don't know, even the castle, right? They have right. that permanent tent yeah. up year-round yeah. that's heated. We have the same kind of situation, the same stuff inside. So, um, yeah, we, we think it's got a, kind of a nice environment. It comes with your own server, bartender, and then you have several packages you can choose from, 20-person uh, minimum. But you can book that uh, anytime November through April for your private events. I know we're like holidays are right around the corner. So Perfect. this is open for luncheons too, guys. If you've got 20 girls that need to do showers, and gifts and all that just pick a package a, that works for you and then we can are book the hours the same yeah um now we do need some notice because we're going to staff your event with with your own server and, mm-hmm. and your own cook uh, how are you doing is it a per person, per person kind of yeah. thing and we start around packages. 55 dollars a person okay and if you if you kind of look around and that, uh, that kind of sounds like you're going to choke wow 55 a person but think about this is that evening there's, is that there's evening? no facility fee that's going to be um you know you've got a server for your event and then you get it's a three-course meal so you're going to sure. get some appetizers a salad an entree and dessert actually four courses um so yeah we just have those packages involved and that's that's is that lunch and dinner yeah now we don't have any luncheon prices okay but yeah you can book it for lunch if you uh, have a corporate event, or but something, it will all be it. all kind of consistently fifty-five a person. That's Starting. where it starts. Now yeah. it goes up to a hundred a person. Yeah, because you might have uh, liquor, and you know, you, you might, might want have lobster. The fifty-five is just for your menu and your in your. And it will it be a 
so people would have options in the menu items, uh-huh. like you said, lobster. You know, yeah, which would I cost imagine more. if you want surf and turf, it's going to be a little more. Yeah, so we could put together a package like that. There, our top tier package at 100 a person is like a sea bass and filet mignon buffet. Oh, that sounds so delicious. I mean, you can you can get down the road with your money a little bit, and we'll cater it to to what we have. But you know, for can the, just one person buy that? Because I'd like I'd like well, a, as long as you'll buy enough for 20 people. Uh-huh. Yes, I mean there are really like to opening and heating the rooms. I could well, eat a lot true. of uh, filet and sea bass if given the opportunity. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> 20, <laughs> 20, yeah, 20 orders, please. <laughs> yeah, so that, that's, that's a great idea. F- that's kind of fun for us. And then, you know, guys, I have this whole new fall winter menu, in fact, with uh, beef, pork, and veal meatballs. Actually, I didn't. I said beef, pork, and veal. We did one run of the beef, pork, and veal, and I liked them, right? But then I did a run of just Wagyu beef meatballs. Mm. I like those better. So it's <gasps> Wagyu when beef. Where are those on? They start tomorrow night. Oh, yay. So you'll be is, to have them by tomorrow night. Okay, can I ask you a question about, about Wagyu? Yeah. Is that kind of becoming the new beef standard? It sounds like it, doesn't it? Yeah. Because these you're, different restaurants are Yeah. I feel like... Are serving we just, it. Yeah, I feel like... Almost if it's not Wagyu, you got to tell me. But yeah, I feel like, I, I feel like a turd saying this, but it's what I want now because I'm spoiled. Really? Yeah. Because it's good. It's, I mean, come, it's, it's come down in, enough in a price where a, a restaurant like Azure, no, we're not the top most expensive place out there, but a restaurant like ours, and we are, mm-hmm. we are expensive, um, can afford to bring <coughs> that in and serve it. Now we've well, gotten used to it in no other steaks compared. How can right. uh, yeah. uh, restaurants that are just, and I won't name names, but that are maybe a notch above fast food are actually serving Wagyu. Like, I don't know. I, I fast think there's food. a lot how of... How is that happening? I think there's a lot of leeway when it comes to Wagyu and how really? much Wagyu is in, like, let's say a Wagyu burger. If there's is if it it's 10% Wagyu, can you call it a Wagyu burger? If it's 10% Wagyu? Is there any standard? There, um, There's no standard. There's no rules. You, but they, the box has to describe what it is, and it says Wagyu blend. Yeah. What it's oh, called. it usually will say and it'll that. it'll have, like... 20% Wagyu, 80% regular beef. You know, whereas you used to have the beef to fat ratio. Right. Yeah, there's yeah. different products out there. Like, I, I ordered a burger patty that was um, part wild boar, part um, yeah. venison, part elk, and part Wagyu. It's kind of like when you buy olive oil. Like, uh, yeah, on, on the bottle, true. it's real big. Yeah. And it says olive oil. And then you got to look at it and it says blend. Yeah. So, you know, I think you got to... But also, I think sometimes what is called Wagyu is probably... Not from concentrate. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's right. That's another but, term. But you're right. Once you eat once you eat Wagyu It's hard. It's hard to go back. Like we have them on Monday nights at the restaurant. Are those yeah. all Wagyu's? They're all Wagyu's. Yeah, every burger patty I have right now is Wagyu. They're so good. They're really good. Like I Yowie. you know like the way they sear up is they're so fatty they get kind of crispy on the mm-hmm. outside, but you know, they stay super juicy oh, in so the good. center. Um and I'm I'm spoiled to death like my family is spoiled i don't want to do that to my kids because they should be able to go to walmart or anywhere and get just you know their kids they should be able to get little patties and put them mm-hmm. on the grill and swim in the pool and be happy right, right? no they gotta have you've ruined gotta have your children now. we gotta yeah. have a half pound wagyu burger it's a bell that cannot be unrung <laughs> once you make it i mean what are you gonna do uh, okay tell now. us about the menu yeah. sorry so we got the meatballs right and that's gonna be topped with just house marinara parmesan Ooh. and ricotta Ooh, cheese because i love ricotta mm-hmm. uh i got this new salad ladies this one's for you it's 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 like we have a chop salad at Azor and you all love that but don't you want a salad that's got all the little goodies and bits and pieces and all the little things in it but it's you still filling couple, yeah. bits and pieces. so this is called the top chop 
All right, you got quinoa, yeah. you got shredded kale, you got goat cheese, you got tomatoes, you got toasted almonds, you got dried cranberries, you got artichoke heart quarters, you got avocados, and you got fresh corn. All mixed in a bowl tossed and? with a grapefruit honey vinaigrette. So that's a fantastic salad. And it's one of those that, like, it's satisfying for a meal, especially in the wintertime. I know that's kind of a, a thing, you know. I'm yeah. going to have a nice lunch, uh, put a little piece of chicken uh, on that, you're good. I want to try it, but... Your house salad is delicious. That's my favorite salad in the world. So mm-hmm. when I make that one at home, Sylvia, and I do, I add um, so beets and fresh oranges. Oh, that would What's be good. What's the dressing on the house salad? Balsamic. It's a, uh, it's a balsamic vinaigrette. You want to know how I make it? Yes. So um, if you, if you, this is just the ingredients, if you guys want to know the method, we could talk about it. But it's a lot of shallot. It's Dijon mustard. Here's the kicker, blue cheese. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. All right. Brown sugar. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. Fresh garlic. Mm-hmm. Just plain balsamic and then oil. Does the uh, blue cheese kind of help emulsify it and hold it together? And it has... Uh, totally. It has <sighs> almonds, a too. Feel. A little That's almonds, a good trick. too. Yeah, the toasted almonds. And cranberry. Almond, yeah. Oh, on the salad? Yeah, yeah. Toasted oh, almonds, cranberries on the salad with the balsamic. That's the, about trick. the only thing that's good for you that I love. <laughs> with the house salad? Yeah. <laughs> Just that one. Otherwise, I want hamburgers and fried chicken. Um, we got the bourbon hot honey chicken wrap, which is super popular at brunch right now. Uh, we're taking our basically southern fried chicken breast that's been marinated in bourbon and buttermilk and hot sauce. And we fry that up. When it comes out, I'm drowning it in soon to be called uh, Jeremyville bourbon smoked hot honey sauce. And oh, it's the sauce yeah. that was on the woven shrimp. You've had that one out there, guys. But it's like sweet, spicy, smoky, bourbony. That just sops so up in the fried chicken and then we top that with minnow cheese and pickles and that's on brunch or it's on the dinner menu it's called the bourbon hot honey chicken wrap i'm there yeah it's awesome so pimento cheese lettuce tomato pickle hot (laughs) honey fried chicken all in a wrap that sounds amazing it's a good sandwich by the way this new menu starts now it's done it's out it's rolling uh, all right, so it's the time of year where we serve short ribs because that's what you do. And they are delicious. They're pretty good. I think we get this one, almost got this one down. We're rubbing it down with Buffalo Trace Bourbon Spices. And they, they have a product line out. It's okay. Buffalo Trace Bourbon Spice. It's very different. It's got soy malt powder in it and stuff. It has some umami feels. It's not like Asian or anything, but it's kind of a dark... Um, earthy spice rub that when you rub that on the beef and then slow roast it for eight or ten hours not slow roast braise it for eight or ten mm-hmm. hours it, it really has a nice makes a nice rich jus which and you ladle eight over the short to ten rim. hour braise yeah that's amazing so good and then it has a gnocchi slow. isn't it the one that has yes. a gnocchi that one we we take a, a skillet <coughs> once we heat up the short rib and we add uh, clarified butter and then basically uh, take a little butternut squash and brown that in the brown butter. Then add fresh gnocchi and kind of brown that together and a little bit of broccolini and some bacon. Mm. And then that's your, your vegetable underneath that just fork tender short rib. Um, it's not I'm a bad situation, sounds, guys. Sounds amazing. I, it was. Yeah, that I've sounds amazing. It. This one's for Twitch. Okay. It's called oh. Sunday Gravy. Oh, yeah, I yeah, like you're, it gonna, already. you're gonna love yeah, it. Yeah. So like since we have short ribs on the menu, right? Oh, you don't know, tell me you're making a. a, a oh yeah. Salt. Oh my God. Oh yeah. Since we have short ribs on the menu, like all the we call them burn ends, you know, on brisket, right? Yeah. The same thing kind of happens with your short rib. You got the little ends and pieces. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've got these nice meatballs here, right? The Wagyu ones, and I got the short rib here, right? And oh, I've got no. Italian sausage in my tortellini alla oh, vodka. No. So, I mean, I've got this, you know, nice rigatoni, a big bowl of that. And I've got a red wine tomato sauce with short rib Italian sausage 
and meatballs Dude. topped on now, the rigatoni's when, ricotta cheese and parmesan will on that. will That's, those meatballs switch over to being the yeah it'll be wagyu across the board starting tomorrow mm-hmm. yeah we just uh, waiting on, oh, starting to come on friday in. and there's absolutely nothing wrong with the beef pork and veal ones so I just, except that sylvia won't except so <laughs> the veal when you talk about the sunday gravy sunday gravy in any italian house on sunday it's a slow cooked tomato sauce with a mm. lot of meat in it yeah. and mm. usually it's like you said odds and ends it's if you got meatballs great if you got sausage great but a lot of times it's cuttings from the the, the meat because you buy big pieces hey. and cut them and it becomes like just like, like a candy of meat yeah. let me it's ask amazing. you a question i've been using gennaro's guidelines on marinara too let me oh, ask okay. you this um if you have a weekend to prepare stuff, but one of the people, two or three people said, I need things that are quick. If they can only, at home cooking, find marinara, is there a kind that's better to buy off the shelf? Uh, guys, I'm really impressed with the Rouse brand. I mean, yeah. they're I love Rouse. expensive. Yeah, they are. But it really tastes like a homemade sauce. Okay. Um, and there's Rao uh, pizza now at Whole Foods. You can get Rao's pizzas. I, I'm kind of with you on the... It's Rouse, and then everything else is a distant second. Right, which I don't understand. Like, okay, I always thought there must be something wrong with uh, the packaging process. Because I know all these other brands have a really good tomato sauce when they made it, mm-hmm. but something's lost in the canning okay. and the mass production. That's what happens. Rouse did it. Mm-hmm. So I expect there to be a lot more followers behind now let me tell you a controversy surrounding rouse it sold for a billion dollars i know but there is a lot of stuff in the news because we've talked about it why do coke cokes taste better in little bottles Mm -hmm. why we don't know there's a mental there's a mental factor here that we think rouse is better because we're spending more money that that could be true but i've had it and it's hard to argue with it and if it works for you then who cares right on that note show's over it's been a a, it flies (laughs) by you guys have a great rest of the week check out azorrestaurant.com and we'll see you next week here on food news and cheese radio